Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Presented by betonline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself. Matt Bernstein, how are we doing today, Bernie? Not many more uh, legends going to be the fullback anymore, but uh, dude, it's every day's a holiday. Literally, it's either Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, or whatever you celebrate. Every day you open up Twitter. There is a new stud muffin coming to Wisconsin. I cannot follow it. I'm losing my mind. So I said, let's get Clint back on because he at oh, least God. can bring he can bring some of this madness back to like the ground. Uh, Clint, you know, you know, like, we love you here. Like we gotta have you on. You, you, you I, know, I love you coming have, on, dude. You have a ridiculous amount of in depth knowledge, and I love your opinions. And, dude. How on earth? This is like your job. How could you possibly keep up with what Wisconsin's doing right now? Can you? No, no. I especially since it's so like transfer based, which we haven't seen before. And then also, I was you know in LA for signing day, and then San Antonio for uh, the All American Bowl, and think I'm in Chicago now. So yeah, no. I I came back. I was like, how many guys do they have from the transfer portal now? And we're up to 12 with, with Burroughs announcement today. And uh, yeah, it is, it's, it's hard to keep track of because I, you know, a lot of these guys I didn't know in high school either, but uh, there's some dudes, there's some dudes. dudes, It looks like there are some dudes. (laughs) So we're going to talk about some of these dudes here in a minute, but before we do want to remind you guys that we are presented by betonline.ag where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at betonline.ag. NFL, college football season's over. NBA isn't college basketball in full swing. Golf, esports, it's all there at betonline.ag. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus while you use our code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, Clint, I mean, we've already started, bro, but this is uh, receivers and quarterbacks and kickers and defensive backs. And who, I mean, who else is coming down, man? Like, uh, apparently Madison is the spot to be if you are in the transfer portal. Uh, I'd say maybe next to Tallahassee, Florida, because Florida State is annihilating it in the transfer portal. But everyone's coming to Wisconsin. Is it? Is it just Fickle? Is it Longo? What is it? I think it's the approach. Um yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of everything. So you look at it, and it did, didn't it seem like kind of a little odd that, like, when Fickle came in, he's like, I'm going to coach this bowl game, but I'm going to do it with the other staff. And you're kind of like, okay. Um, but then he comes in, and you kind of see what they were doing. They're like, let's find out how many holes we have in this roster and how can we fix it as soon as possible. Now, I don't think this transfer portal thing 
I know it makes things a little more exciting for an extended period of time. I don't think this is going to be a year in and year out thing. I think this is let's get the roster up to where it should be and uh, and fill those holes. You know, in the future, I see these spots being filled by by high school kids. But, you know, these are plug and play guys, especially when you look at the Cincinnati guys. They're not going to take anybody who can't come in and play. And they've been coaching them for at least a year or two at this point. So uh, and they've had the the bull preparations to analyze this roster and they can go. They can say a guy like, you know, uh, Jake Renford, uh, Joe Huber, you know, these guys are going to walk in and at least compete for a starting position, make the room better. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think this is a long term plan, but this is it's a way to fix some immediate holes. I mean, three quarterbacks. Uh, and I love the way they've done it. You take a guy who can play right away, who can walk in, plug and play Tanner Mordecai. Guys throwing the ball all over the place. Then you got the two young guys to create competition in the room. You'll have them for depth next season uh, to go along with you guys that they already have in the room. And, uh, you know, I, I was I was on our radio show earlier and they're like, you know, how, how do you feel if you're one of these guys who's in these this receiver room or this quarterback room? And, you know, this is this is what Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State do. They make you compete whether you want to or not, you've got to compete or go somewhere else. And so all you're doing is creating competition. It's less about feelings. It's more about making the room better. And if you truly want to be part of a championship caliber team, you're going to compete or you're going to go to the wayside and create another spot for one of these other dudes to come in and take somebody else's spot. And uh, I, I, there's no feelings here. <laughs> no, but you, so you, okay. So to get to talk about that though, you play, you were in that room. So literally in Wisconsin and they bring dudes in even listen, I'm a starting fullback and they're bringing Presley in and other guys who were awesome, right? You're always competing for your spot. The question is, you know, the feelings is it, we're almost shifting from our traditional Wisconsin to where you kind of yeah. kept reloading guys who were going to take a almost red shirt. Some guys, you know, it was not, it was rare that you got a dude who started right away. I oh mean, yeah. Unless they needed a space, but usually you have your redshirted guys. And we've talked to guys who redshirted their first year, who are the best players to almost ever walk on that field. So it's pretty and crazy. It was fun. But, <laughs> and it was fun. I got a blast. Um, it, are we, is Wisconsin taking that shift? Are they, you know, with everything that's happened in your opinion, do you think like we're kind of breaking from the norm of our tradition to going into this culture of we're going to be a football business and you will come and compete to be the best players to play on this field. I'm not against that. I just think it's a yeah. difference. It's a different kind of mentality than we've we've been a, a normal to, I guess. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think you can still have fun like we did and compete like we did and love the game and still be Wisconsin football while creating competition. And that's why this is probably a shock to guys. They're like, this isn't what I signed up for. And that's fine. but. If, if you're going to fire a coach who's been pretty successful and pay a lot of money to do it, uh, this is kind of the direction you had to expect it to go, right? And uh, do you want to win or do you want to be Wisconsin? I think you can be both. And like I said, I, I don't think this transfer portal where it's like either get on board or get out or compete, uh, but this is going to be moving forward a team that's looking to compete for championships. You know, but I, I like you what you said. About- I like what you said that you – Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, no, but one, one thing that going along with that, the reason that they are going for the portal so heavily right now is because the 2023 class had like no one in it in terms of numbers. I think it was 
13 or 14 like small scholarship class tons of open roster spots it's not this isn't going to be a michigan state churn right this is going to be a once a one-time infusion of portal talent there will always be a couple guys you can probably you can probably bet on a half dozen a year going forward but we're not going to see 15 again Yeah, I mean, I'd be concerned if we see this every single year. I think this just shows the direction the recruiting had kind of gone in the last couple of years. And like I've said before, winning kind of enabled it. Um, and they 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 recruited good players. They coached them very well. And Wisconsin was a developmental program. And it can still be that. It can be all of these things. It's not one or the other, I feel like. And so it's just kind of a shock to the system to see it happen and see it happen so quickly. I think what you look at is you get excited about, okay, so they're forced to fill a need. They're forced to get the roster up to where they feel it should be. And they're able to recruit this caliber of kid. So I think that bodes well, because when you look into the future, they're going to be doing this at the high school level and they're not afraid to swing and miss. And so you can get back to the Wisconsin of old where you're building, you know, the wall around the home state. You're, you know, recruiting guys who don't have to be five stars, but guys who you trust your evaluation on and you love, they they love football guys who want to compete. So I just think this is the new era of building that. And maybe this is kind of the recharge to the roster, but they're going to get back to the Wisconsin way and all of that. Now there's a lot of outsiders who might not know the Wisconsin way, but there's enough of a presence of the old Wisconsin way uh, to keep things going in that direction, but also making it modern. You don't have to have one or the other. You can have both. And, you know, it's not like these guys are going, and a lot of people see what's happening and they're like, oh, they're just dropping bags of money. No, they're not. You don't bring in three quarterbacks and pay them each a million dollars. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work like that, you know? So maybe there's infrastructure in in place for these guys to come in and, and, and get paid. But like, it's not like they're going out and offering $8 million to a quarterback. Like they're building this, uh, you know, they're filling the holes and then we'll see how it goes from here. You don't want it to be a Michigan state, uh, you know, forcing the transfer portal every year, I don't think. And like I said, I'd be a little concerned if it does, but I think this just shows how many holes they saw in the roster. And they said, okay, let's make ourselves better right here so we compete right away and give ourselves a chance to at least compete for a big 10 championship and then long-term compete for a national championship. I, Clint, I love what you said about um, Coach Fickle coaching the bowl game. I didn't even think that he was taking a look at, you know, th- this isn't my brain. Neither did but, I. <laughs> but he must, but but I love that you said because yeah. he must have been doing that, evaluating, hey, I'm I'm getting paid a lot of money to do a job that they want to win tomorrow or yesterday. And yep. how do I do that? And I don't I agree with you. I think we'll get one or two transfer portal guys maybe a year. I don't think that's our that, that's not the way to do college football, at least right now in my brain. Um, I think we'll, I think they're going to be great at recruiting dudes, you know, in high school. But I love that we what we've done so far, 11, 12 guys right now out of the portal to fill holes that we know, even I know, you know, even couch potatoes know that we need these guys. Mordecai is like, I don't even know how you say his name. Is it the Jewish way? Is it not Jewish? He played at SMU, so I'm going to assume it's it's not Jewish at all. But it might be. It might. I don't know. You give me. Listen, it could be. I I, I hope so. But uh, he could go down as the second best Jewish uh, Wisconsin football player of all time. No, uh, that that's me. I'm like the third or fourth actually compared oh, to. I thought you were the greatest. No, I think if I had to rank my guys, it would be Vitali, the kicker, just because I love him, Gabe. 
And then I think like it has to like there's nobody else. Like I have to be third. I don't know. I think you're, <laughs> you're you may be the goat. You may be the goat, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very small pool. It's a beautiful pool, but it's a small pool. Um, if you're sitting in the room, like Clint, you you know these dudes. You know guys, right? You're sitting in that room as a wide receiver or as a DB. You're a sophomore. You're a junior. You see all this happening. Every kid, I mean, back in the day, you were just like, listen, I just got to compete for my spot. Like, that's just what happens. Mm -hmm. Has that changed? Yeah, it has. Um, I think it has. Like, we didn't have this back in the day, you know? Like, I expected them to recruit better than me. It wasn't going to be very hard. Like, you know, but like, I was going to compete. I guess I just always wanted to compete. Like, I didn't care who was in the room, you know, like, and some guys want to, and some guys don't want to, but if you don't want to compete at the end of the day, it's not sustainable long-term because you have to like doing it. It's a job. Like it hurts. It takes up all your time. Like it is your life. So I'd imagine there's some, some wide eyes being like, what is going on? And you hope it doesn't hurt the locker room, but, when did competition ever hurt a locker room? Like, no, true. It just seems like, uh, well, listen, there's a changing of the guard. Every, you know, these kids yeah. don't know this, but when there's a CEO comes in, you know, someone leaves or a CEO comes in, usually this happens, even in businesses, like this stuff happens. Yeah. You know, like I'm sure it happens at McDonald's. Like if a new manager comes in, like people are gone. It's just the oh, way yeah. of the world. It's just leadership changes. And then with that, other people come and go. Um, you know, I, First off, I'm excited for a guy like Miles Burkett, who's like, I want to be that dude. I feel like it, it's kind of hard when four, three, four, three quarterbacks come in and you're like, I was on the top. I was competing for, you know, to be the top one or two. And now I'm potentially competing for the fourth spot. Even to just like make it. I mean, he's got a scholarship, so he's going to be good. I don't know. We don't have to really talk about that. It's just kind of crazy what's happening. But I think you're right. We have to fill the holes. Fickle knows that we have spots that are are not playing to the, the the level of Wisconsin football. And he's trying his best and doing I think he's doing it. I mean the the recruiting cannon continues to fire over Tarrytown, New York, um like every day. So outside of the transfer portal dudes that we're getting, that's all I get is text message like fire the recruiting cannon. And it's like some other, you know, I I, just, I absolutely love it. Like I, everything I'm seeing from Longo outside of like, we're going to spread everyone out. It's beautiful to me. And I'm okay with that because it looks like we're getting the guys to do it. Clint, we're getting dudes now, quarterbacks, guys in the class of next year, guys who are like interested in coming. What have you seen in your, uh, like on, uh, in your area of like, where is Wisconsin jumped to? Like, are they being talked about all over the country as compared to what, you know, a couple years ago. Oh yeah, no question. I mean, Wisconsin's always—it's—it's it's become a national brand over the years, but it's been more for like, you know, for the big seasons or the play on the football field or the big town, big time running back or the you know the the Outland Award winner, you know, offensive line. It, it's been more of that sort of thing. It hasn't been like, dang, Wisconsin—they're killing it again on the recruiting trail. How do we keep up? You know, so like. Yeah, this it is different, um, and I don't know if it's because of my history with Wisconsin, but I've had a lot of people reach out, and be like, "What is going on? Like, are they 
they paying guys? Like, what direction are you going? And, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I can, I can analyze it. I guess I'm an, an analyst. That's what they call me. Like, <laughs> so I can try, but like, I knew they were going to go after an edge type. You knew they were going to go after defense and tackles. You knew where there were some holes in the offensive line. You knew the quarterback room was either young or non-existent, uh, especially when you, you know, you lose your starting quarterback. Uh, you knew experienced wide receivers who had played. They were not there. Uh, I didn't know about the kicker deficiency, but it appears there might have been one there. Um, and the thing that I like about here, and we kind of talked about this, Perko, uh, on the Badger Blitz podcast last week, is you've got guys who fill an immediate need, but the rest of these guys, these are guys with three, four years of eligibility. And they're either guys from Cincinnati who they've done a deep dive on, you know, you're not going to take a kid twice. who you didn't like the first time. And then the, the second thing is uh, it's either guys that they played against like the temple, uh, like Varner uh, they played against him. (laughs) They saw him live and in person and the kid put up big numbers. And so, you know, Mordecai is a proven commodity. Uh, Evers was a big time recruit. you know, it's just, you know, uh, I don't even know how to say his last name. Jeff Petrowski or, you know, from Michigan State. Like, Petrowski. the dude was a player before he got hurt. Yeah, like, so it's not like they're, you know, shooting, hoping the guys, you know, reclaim their high school form that they were recruited at. I mean, these are dudes who have either proved it or they have a lot of years left and have already started to prove that they were worthy of what they were ranked or better than what they were like a guy like Quincy Burroughs, who was a five, five, three star, you know, coming from Florida. Uh, they didn't just take him because they like how his name fit in with the Wisconsin roster. There's something there that they're like, this dude's a dude. Let's come and let him be a dude with us here. Uh, so you got to be excited. And, and that's what I've said about either the guys they played against or the guys who were at Cincinnati, either they gave them an issue that they had trouble defending or moving on. Or they've coached the guys and said, I would take this guy on my team no matter where I am. So you've got to feel most confidence inside with the coaching staff on those guys, especially. What what does it say when a coach, I mean, this is all kind of new stuff, but what does it say when a coach moves from one school to another and a bunch of those guys follow him? People like playing for the dude. He's able to develop meaningful relationships. In fact, like, and I talked about this with Coach Fickle when we had him on our rival signing day show. Like, so I remember Amari Snowden, you know, he calls me and he was so upset. He's like, you know, the culture he built there, it was, he was like family to me. And then he leaves and the, they're shocked, maybe angry, but they have so much respect for the guy that they understand at the end of the day what's going on here. And they believe in his vision. They believe in what he's building and they're going to follow him. And great leaders have people who follow. And it's not often that great leaders have people who opt out of their own scholarship to go and follow them somewhere else. So, uh, you know, not all of these guys, but a number of these guys would have had multiple options. And, um, you know, to, to, to see them follow, I think it says a lot. Um, and they don't know what they're walking into either. You know, they're walking in the Big Ten. They know that. And they know who the guy they're, they're playing for. And so there's obviously a lot of confidence in both. And, you know, you, you, I, th- I think it does say a lot about uh, Fickle's character and the meaningful relationships that he's been able to build during his time as a, as a recruiting coach and their head coach, ultimately. I want to talk about social media with you here for a second, Clint, as well, because one of the big noticeable things is, A, just like 
Fickle and Longo are on social media, right? Uh, Fickle's out there, you know, he's the one tweeting out the the video when someone commits. Longo's out there saying, we've got our five guys. No, we've got our seven weapons in the portal that we are getting. Again, this is not only a giant departure from the Wisconsin way, if you will. I mean, Paul Chris only existed on Twitter in fake accounts. And Jimmy... Do we know not, the handles? Uh, great fake accounts. Great fake <laughs> accounts. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's essential in this day and age, if you are going to reach recruits, to have at least a coach who is baseline competent at social media and this staff gets it. I've been on this hill for years and years and years about how important social media operations and media operations are to the success of a football team and its brand. Clint, I I always bang the drum for LSU social media team. They're the best in the business for my money. You were there when I think they did some of the best videos, et cetera. Have people, I mean, I don't know if necessarily people are talking about this, but is it something you've noticed in this new staff or am I just like pulling stuff out of thin air? No, you're not pulling anything out of thin air. I haven't necessarily noticed it because I don't even know if I follow all those accounts and my Twitter, like I can't even keep up with it anyways. Um, But uh, here's the deal. You think that Coach Fickle and Coach Longo, they're like, I can't wait to wake up and get on Twitter today. Uh, I, I love the media. Let's go and give them some love. And no, they probably hate it, but it's a necessity. And they say, you know what? It's part of my job. And this is how you market and brand a program. And they're willing to do it. And they're going to play the game. And it pays off because this is a social media generation. This is a media-friendly era, whether era. <laughs> could be error too, where, you know, the people are on message boards, they're reading everything, everything's overly speculated. So why wouldn't you try to control the narrative? And uh, they're doing a really good job with it. (laughs) You know, it's, uh, you're, you're marketing your program, and who knows if it's even them tweeting it, but at least you're playing the game. I guarantee you, they love Twitter as much as I do a ton. And, uh, and so it's just a matter of, it's an extra thing in your job. It's something you probably don't have time for, uh, but you're playing the game and it's a necessity if you want to grow a program this day and age. Now, Nick Saban, does he, is he a Twitter guy? No, he's not, but they have a full department to take care of all that stuff, to market, to brand. They have other things that they can sell. When you are not the cream of the crop, when you are not the top team, when you don't already have a roster full of first rounders. Uh, you find other ways to be elite in what you do. And I think marketing of your program is one of the top things you can do. The Alabama program markets itself. Wisconsin has always had to market within. Now, when you get your your biggest faces, your biggest people who people recognize, now marketing along with the marketing department and everything else, it's a win-win. Um, yeah. Can you overdo it? Absolutely. But in this day and age, I don't know. Like, you have to do it. You you just have to, whether you like it or not. It's a big part of what you do. You are the face of the program. You market it. You play the media game, whether you like it or not. And uh, you know, you do it long enough, you're, you're going to eventually meet some people you like and have enough fun. You know, I've met a lot of great people on Twitter. I've met a lot of great media people. I guess I work in the media too, so I'd hope so. But like, yeah, it's it's just part of the the deal. And I've it's never been so evident for me. You know, I'm. I'm 
relatively new to the media and I see like the people who play the game who who are willing to be like, okay, the media is going to be very present and let's control the narrative as much as we can. Let's positively spin things. Let's make contacts so everybody's not chasing us around and having to be like, oh, does this person suck or not? Or did we do this? Or did we like, you can address it right. You know, you can catch it right out the bag. So like you can nip anything in the butt and it's not, is it the funnest thing for them? No. Is that their number one job? No, but creating a narrative and, you know, being friendly, being present for the people who, who want you the most, the fans and everything like that, that is your kind of connection between the two. It's Twitter, social media, and then the media secondary. And so uh, doing what you can to, to really get the people in your corners is, it's a big deal. Not only that, all the the responses to the tweets that go out and all the people posting, replying and retweeting, it has really jumped traumatic. I mean, like I'm even laughing at some of these things and not only am I laughing, like I'm dying. People are all over the place tweeting out pictures. It's hilarious. When uh, Longo did that, it was all the, the memes of, oh, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Like it's just. Dude, people are. I think. I think what they're doing is is they're creating this energy of the excitement. thirst trap. Dude, I, it literally thick is a thirst trap right now. Like the guy is everywhere. He's doing everything. He's. I mean, I want to ask you about the coaching. He's. I mean, he's bringing in elite coaches. Like he's. This guy ain't playing. Like he's really. He didn't come in here and say, "Let me put my feet up on the desk for." I bet you his desk has dust all over it. Like this dude has been out and about. I heard the day, two days after, three days after, he was at Catholic Memorial in Wisconsin recruiting. Or day or two after, that's real deal. Like not resting on your laurels, I guess. And for him to get the co-defensive coordinator at um who to do the DBs at Minnesota, I mean that's a big get. Like I. Longo's a big get. Like we literally trestle. Like, tell me, Clint. He's not only recruiting guys to come play in the transfer portal. High school dudes. He's recruiting coaches to coach with him, like we've never seen before. Like proven dudes. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think that this could have gone one or two ways, really. And it, it can go the opposite way if you don't see results on the field, because people are especially going to, you know, expect results on the field. Now they're like, we've got all these dudes, we've got all these dude coaches, we've got the thirst. Like it, people have wanted this for so long. So you know, I saw kind of the opposite way happen down at Nebraska. Uh, you know, when I was down there, it's like the new regime comes in and alienated the old regime. Everybody hated, you know, it was against the Nebraska way and everything like that. And I wouldn't say that the, the Wisconsin fan base has the same type of pull necessarily that the Nebraska fan base does. But at the same time, if you walk into that situation, you say, okay, this is what was lacking, like what these coaches did. All right. They want excitement. They want social media. And they say, let's use this to our advantage. And then let's market the heck out of everything we bring in. I mean, if you package something the right way, it's going to look really good. And, uh, you know, so you create momentum for yourself by doing that. It's almost like they're taking a look at like the, you know, like the political polls. They're like, this person lacks in this area. Let's, uh, 
All right, let's uh, make him a, a big rah-rah guy to make up for, you know, a deficiency in what the people see. It's like they've almost done that, like hold the people to find out what they're looking for and really attack those areas. So, yeah, uh, I don't know what the full plan is, but, you know, it's it's going to be a fun ride to find out, I think. I mean, I don't know what if what you and Matty P think, but I don't think, listen, next year is is not... I think we'll be competitive. I think we have to manage our expectations. Like if you guys think yeah. we're going to win the national championship next year with you're wrong. You're I mean, I just don't think, listen, <laughs> could it happen? Sure. I don't, I'm yeah. just saying right now you got to manage the expectations. We're bringing guys in. They're all relearning. The defense is relearning a completely different defense. The you offense know. is going to be completely different offense. You know, where we only have the, at least now until you really go to camp, that's not a lot of time. Like you think it is, but like these kids go to school, they have lives, there's breaks. Not like there's a lot of breaks, but there is, there's not as much time as people. It's not the NFL. Like you don't just go to the stadium every day and you're there for 10 hours. This is a way different place. Um, college. Yeah. So I just want to manage people's expectations. We will be competitive. You're going to see things you've never seen before. It's going to be beautiful, but understand that it takes a year or two or three to build that. And it's not yeah. like you're coming into Ohio State, right? Or coming into Alabama or Georgia, where these dudes, it is a pipeline almost. Like you don't really, I mean, you have to do stuff, but like you're, it's the top, it's the top tier. Here, I'm just, listen, I'm just excited, man. I just think that these guys are doing the right things. I would expect to be competitive, possibly win the Big Ten next year or the Big Ten West. Temper your expectations, but expect to win the Big Ten. But but listen, you you I always think we could win the West. And now yeah. I why couldn't we? I mean, there's no reason not to. We we're still Wisconsin. Like I don't, you know, like the helmet is still Wisconsin. People are in the helmet. We could still win the West, which I actually think we should do. And then we should be competitive in the Big Ten Championship. That's me. But I, yeah. I'm always like, we should win the Big Ten. Yeah, you're right. So I expect that next year too. <laughs> West is baseline at this point. Like that is the that that I feel right now. I feel like the attitude is probably like that is the like that is the bare minimum of the expectation. Oh, no question. Bare minimum. Well, and and it's going to take some time to gel. You know, there's you know uh, new quarterbacks, new receivers. Like it doesn't just happen overnight. There's going to be some probably dissent within their current Clint, roster. Clint, total. There, there's. I think there's going to be some um, th- interesting thoughts that people have. Like the, you know that or like, oh, you're recruiting all these dudes over me. It's not the norm. Wait, were you there when Alex Lewis came on the team? Yeah, yeah. Just that's one person. I don't. We don't really get a lot of like JUCO dudes or other people. Yeah. But you, like I don't remember him like coming in and he wasn't like part of the team the second he got there. I mean, he, we would say he is, but he really like you still went about to, it the right way though. He did totally, you know? totally, totally went about it the right way. He, you know, he was the, he's a super kind dude. He, he works his butt off on the yep. field. Um, he believes in his beliefs, and you. You don't have to, you know, like you don't have to believe what he believes, but like, even I was friends with him. We had a battle every day, but I respected what he, you know, I respected him and a lot of other yeah. people did. And then he, after two years, he was a leader of our team. I'm oh, not yeah. saying this is everyone, but I, I think like, you know, it does take a, a month, two months. you got to get to know people, get to know your surroundings. I just try, like, do you remember, like, I, I kind of remember like him coming on the team. Yeah. He's the only dude to really transfer in from anywhere that I can like remember. 
Brian Calhoun. Yeah, I don't remember like any. Oh yeah, BC. I, that was after me. Yeah. Um but like the um just there was kind of like the out like the outsiders coming in, you know, it's different when he had transfers, I guess. It was very I don't want to well, yeah, it was clicky, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if it's as much like that anymore. I still think it's a lot different than back in the early 2000s. Uh, I, I think, you know, before this influx. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, high school players always come on in, you know, uh, official visits are a lot of fun and all that sort of thing. Uh, we could probably do a full podcast on official visit stories. Um, so that was a little different. It was like bringing in the little brother versus like, this is my new dad moving in and uh, telling me what to do. I don't, you know, right. Like, yeah, it's the same. Uh, I guess I totally forget about Calhoun. Cause I just assumed, you know, I'm such good friends with him. I assumed he was on the team the from, whole time. He was from Wisconsin. Like people knew him, you know, the coaches uh, knew him. People knew him. Yeah, we played against them. At, him, yeah, we know, played against like, him in Colorado. We respected his game just from yeah. off the bat. Like all these things you heard and knew about him, you respected him. And then we come, you know, Calhoun's is such a, a funny dude. Like you just love him from day one and you respected his game was different than ad so it was like wow we could really be you know these guys together especially although they didn't they didn't yeah. you know they didn't play together yeah, he, had the was out, right? he was he, out he but just the, right? yeah. like putting them next to each other you're like wow these guys are two completely different guys who have the same downhill running mentality but yeah. are just different and it was exciting to have them and you knew once ad left we were we we needed a dude there yeah. Um, and uh, then we, no and then question. PJ Hill was there and then, you know, Calhoun and then PJ Hill. And then, then you go into like the 25,000 other best guys in the world who, well, that there. was the thing. Like <laughs> the team knew they're like, Oh God, ad has gone. Michael Bennett's gone. We know we need another running back. So it's like when a dude, especially with connections comes in, you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. that's the dude. You but know, so proven. that was exciting. Right. What yeah. was Calhoun? I would love to know what Calhoun was. Was he a three-star, four-star? It was a four-star. I think. It was a four-star. It was like a Wow. Uh, Perko, Perko will have this in if five seconds. If you guys seconds, give me yeah. seconds, I'll find out. Because some of my things, Clint, is like when guys don't play at, like they're in college. And he played with Beckham in high school. Oh, that's right. That's right. But like if you, how, so how do you, you know, a guy who spends a year like, like Evers, he didn't play. He was a four-star recruit, right? Like how do you, you, you still keep that four-star, but what does that, does that mean? It doesn't matter. Does it change? Like, is there a different thought process behind guys that don't have game experience in college? You still have to use the four star. I mean, there's gotta be a, a, a ranking. System. Well, yeah, we like, if you go to our uh, rivals transfer portal, we're re-ranking kids. You know, okay. there's kids who are three stars or no stars coming out that are, that are four stars now. So, you know, a guy like Evers, he was just in high school, you know? So like, I don't think much has changed between then and now. Um, but I also think now that you've been in college for a year, you don't just walk in, you have to approach it like you're a freshman. Like there's established dudes here. Uh, I'm no longer the big dog on campus. And if I want to act like it, I'm going to be told otherwise. And you're going to find out real quick that you're not. So uh, uh, almost like when we were talking about Alex Lewis, it's the way you approach it coming in, you know, are you coming in like, Oh, I'm the, I'm the big time kid. We had guys like that and it didn't always go the best, you know, like, especially at Wisconsin. Cause it wasn't about your stars and they didn't even have stars in our class. So like, I think we were the last class to not have stars. Really? And so, yeah. 
I think 2020 or 2002, I think was the first class with stars. And in and that so, class, Brian Calhoun was a four star recruit. Yeah, I thought he was a four star. Yeah. So, yeah, um, where do you find this stuff, dude? Like, what, what you have like that? You probably have a Oracle. spreadsheet. You guys forget, like, I, I, I did a PhD. Like, I was focusing on my research. Like, I know how to do, like, I can do basic internet research. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard, but leave it, literally, leave it to if I, <laughs> if I tried to find Calhoun's star rating, it would be take for like an hour and a half. And I'd come back with nothing. with the stars. <laughs> yeah. I'd find his favorite color, though. I could probably do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man, that's too funny. Well, you know, Clint, outside of, outside of the... Okay, I, I got to get rid of the transfer portal because it's it's consuming my brain. I can't really wrap my head around it. Well, it's, it's, it's seems, excitement that you haven't had for a while in, dude, this, it in this is so area. Exciting. So I get it. It's yeah. so you're literally like imagine you and me. We walk into the locker room one day. You're you're an established dude in the locker room. Doesn't matter if you play or not. And yeah. honestly, you could have 18 to 20 new faces just from the transfer portal, and then your class of so you could have like 40 new faces plus a whole new coaching staff. To me, that is complete lunacy. But if I was on the team now, like um, like uh Wolf, the quarterback who's coming back for a six year, mm-hmm. I would be like, man. I'm good. I want to be in this room to watch this whole new culture team be built. Uh, it's exciting. I'm going to help out. I'm going to do what I can. If I get some run, fantastic. To me, it's like just, just like watching a, a a movie. It's like remember the Titans. Like, I mean, obviously, it's not to that like grandiose, yeah. you know, historical way. But you're seeing a whole new team be built with new faces. I just think it's exciting, but I agree with you that the the gelling's not going to happen over you know one change is day. hard, especially yeah. when you're young. Like it's easier to look back now and with the the lens that you have at 40 years old versus when you're young. Like I think I would probably hate it. I'd be like, who are these guys? You know. So like I think that's where the co- the coaching really comes in because when you're young, you don't see it from the same view. And if if you can, I I feel like there's there they're not just you know, reaching and grabbing guys. There's a reason that they're bringing each of these guys in. I don't think they would bring them in just because they're talented. I don't think they'd bring them in if they weren't a culture fit, if they weren't going to assimilate into what they're trying to build here. And I think almost some of these guys like, you know, Quincy Burroughs and a Jake Renfro or or Joe Huber, it's like, these are going to be key pieces to win the locker room over. These Mm -hmm. are kind of our in-between the players and us. And, um, so I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, they're being very strategic the way they go about it. You never know until it all comes together. But I think that is part of coaching. Uh, you look at NBA coaches or NFL coaches, like their job is just as much to blend personalities to make things gel as it is to X's and O's and that sort of thing. So that might be the hardest thing that they have to coach this next year, creating a Jets. culture and getting everything to gel. Yeah. Look at the Jets. They brought in a ton of guys. Some of them are so freaking good, and they lost a lot. I mean, the quarterback lost the locker room. It's a nightmare. I I don't see that happening with our team. I think that's a that's the NFL kind of difference. But um, oh, I had a question. I totally forgot what I was going to say to you, Clint, my man. Damn it! What was I, I going to say? Too long. No, 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 no. I just like then I thought about the Jets, and then you know, like your whole brain just blows up and runs out of your. And then yeah, you're like. Oh, what are we talking about again? Oh, the locker room. Um, Sean Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me the damn ball. But you know what's interesting, though? 
You know what? You know what? You have a guy like Mike White in the locker room and people are going to die for him. I mean, he died for the team. And I I can see that there will be those guys at Wisconsin. There always are. They always have been. You're going to have gel dudes who are like, hey, let's let's hey, invite these guys over. Let's invite outside. You know, listen, you talk about click. You had like the defensive line was a click. But like they hung out with everyone. They just more hung out oh, with yeah. themselves. But you like, I could walk over there and say hi and hang out with them. Like it wasn't a big deal. Oh, no question. But yeah. you're right though. Like they weren't so open to like a wide receiver, just like, hey, come hang out with us. You know, it was just a little different. Even the upperclassmen, though, are like, you know, they're set in kind of their ways. And you you do need to like prove yourself to break. Like Brooks Bollinger out of nowhere is like, yo, dude, come hang out with me. I'm like, all right. And then you you just drink a lot of beer with them and like you become kind of like part of the part of the crew. I don't know. So yeah, I don't know if Brooks ever invited me. I Sorgi, <laughs> Sorgi, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, listen, you know, I, I just remember we were drinking at the towers a lot. Oh, not you, just me. <laughs> the no, towers isn't uh, the towers yeah, anymore. Towers is a good time. Yeah, Clint, <laughs> you definitely weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was already out from the night before. <laughs> um, wait, so tell me. So so you you see what we're doing. Uh, let's just talk quarterbacks for a second. You see what we're doing. But outside of bringing these dudes in, we're, we got guys who are coming. We're offered uh, Mabry. Is that his name? Mabry? Mabry Matoyer. So like, what are you seeing now? The plan. Do you have like a thought about the plan of what the quarterback room looks like, what the the plan is for the next three, four years. And how impressive, like honestly, is it to to get these guys and then to get quarterbacks who are six six, you know, who can throw a football and run too. Like that's not normal Wisconsin. So what is that like, Clint, for you? And what are you seeing out there that people are just so excited about? So quarterback is probably probably the least like projectable skill set to the next level. A, uh, a quarterback's ability to run is probably their most projectable skill set followed by maybe accuracy. But as far as learning uh transferable skills that automatically are able to there's just no way you talk to 10 different quarterback coaches, for instance, you're going to get 10 different opinions on the same exact kid. Swear Mm. to God. Uh, One coach might like this one trait of a quarterback and six others are going to be like, this is the thing that I hate about him." So like, that's what I think you have to look at. There's no guaranteed path to success as a quarterback, but if you get three highly rated kids in the room, you got to say that at least one's going to be pretty darn good. You know what I mean? In the past, it has been, we got our quarterback, the four-star, Graham Wirtz, like, this is the guy for the next generation. Okay, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. And I still believe Graham Wirtz is extremely talented, but you just never know how that's going to transition over. Now, you bring in a guy like Mordecai, where he's already proven it at a very high level, and then you got three other guys who have proven it at a very high level throughout their football career. And you got to say, one of these guys is at least going to be a dude. One's going to be a serviceable guy to compete and be able to play if this dude gets hurt. Uh, Or if we're ahead, you know, it's not like the world fell apart 
when the backup comes in. And then the other guy's probably going to transfer. So that opens up another scholarship if the guy transfers. And you end up with at least a serviceable backup and a dude who can play. Now, if you miss on all three, which can happen, um, you know, you're, you're not in good shape. But the good thing is you've proven that you can bring in another guy who has the talent to be the guy. So what you're doing is you're creating depth and competition in a quarterback room at a position where it's very subjective on how they are going to be at the next level. And at least one of them is going to take the tr- the skills that do transfer over, put them into a full quarterback role, leadership, understanding defenses, willingness to study, willingness to compete, accuracy, running ability, whatever it may be. You'd like to hope you bring in three, four top end guys. At least one of those guys is the dude and the other can be the backup. Now you, you mentioned that the third, maybe fourth guy is going to transfer. Yep. So my, my question about the transfer portal, which I don't really know much. I mean, I do, but neither not do I. Okay. <laughs> so then maybe this, then maybe this doesn't make sense, but there's no saying that that guy's going to find a spot. No right? like, there's a lot of dudes in the transfer portal. I would assume. There's no tell. There's no like it. It becomes a it, it, to me. It's like the NFL business model. Like you could be the top guy in your class, but there's a class behind you. There's also a dude who's a sophomore who could be like the best guy ever who could just come take your position. Um, so the question is like transferring doesn't to me always make it. It, it seems like the first impulse that people people are going to choose without thinking like. If I do this, is a D3 school where I really want to be? Can you transfer to a D3 school from a D1 school? Yeah. Okay. So it's like, do you want to be a D3 guy? Do you want to sit in the transfer board but maybe never find a team? Do you want to go to a team that is in the exact same situation as every other team? They have three guys or they have two guys and you're going to go compete. To me, the, the transfer portal sounds amazing. Guys are going to get a position. They're going to be competing. But that's not really always the truth. Yeah. More and more guys, I think, are going to come to the realization that the transfer portal is not the answer for them because the the statistics are ridiculous of the amount of D1 guys and FCS guys who do not find a home, period. Now, is it because nobody offered them? I don't know. But if you're a Power 5 guy and you're transferring because you want to start at another Power 5 school, but another Power 5 school doesn't offer you and you have FCS offers, are you, you know, a lot of these guys are like, I'm better than that. Well, they find out that they're not because nobody's going to give them a chance. And so there are so many players who cannot transfer, but they think they can. Now the NCAA is given the option. You can go back to the school, but they don't guarantee you a scholarship. So I think they're going to take a really close look at this moving forward and say, uh, let's put some feelers out before I decide to make this happen. And do I want to kind of, you know, stay in that? Cause you've seen guys that, that have said they were going to transfer and then something happens at quarterback. And all of a sudden this dude is playing uh, this season after they said they were going to transfer. I can't remember what school it happened at, but the kid did really well. And I think he ended up like pulling his name. So the grass isn't always greener. They're always looking to out recruit you anyways. So do you like where you're at? Okay. If I do, am I willing to gamble if I don't know that I can find somewhere else to go? If I'm happy, I'm going to stay. I think, um, at the end of the day, do you want to play just because you're the non-suckiest player or do you want to play because you've earned it and you can ball? Like, I don't know. I guess it just depends your your outlook There's on There's a things. lot of different thought processes. I just yeah. I always like to drill down on the transfer portal because it just seems like 
that it's the out of NIL, control. It's 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 a, the wild wild west, and literally yeah. nobody's saying we need to put any type of restrictions on it in a, in any type of way. Um, yeah, which is, I mean, at some point there needs to bananas. be there. There's yeah, especially guys who don't have great guidance or direction, whether it's coming from the college and the football team or family or mentors or whatever it is. They don't have somebody to say, these are the numbers, dude. Like, I understand you want to bet on yourself and it's great to bet on yourself. Right. But make sure there's a payout if you're betting on yourself. You know, like if it's one in a 500 chance that you're going to get picked up, you might as well go and keep your meal program and compete and 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 try to be that guy. Exactly. I I still think degree is number one. If I had to take a guess for kids, it's like, I'm still going to get a degree from Wisconsin. And that is going to, listen, football ends. If I could give anyone in for, you know, life advice, and I'm not the perfect person, but like, I never thought football would end. And when it does, it, it is the worst, like, thing to turn on the TV. Can't watch a game. Like I, I couldn't be in a stadium. No, you hate it. You football. almost hate the yeah. sport. Yeah, it really yep. like it. Really, it, that might have been the most. It's like a level non, of depression. I was about to say it's the most non-visible depressed I've probably ever been. Like you have no yep. idea what's happening in your life. You have no structure because literally yep. you walk out you of knew. Wisconsin that locker room and you don't. That's it. They're like you with a with a you know like that mesh bag full of stuff. Your stuff and you're like that's it. Your nameplate's gone. Like. You're literally it's like I just gone. got caught in major league. They <laughs> got a well, pink slip in the locker, <laughs> and you're like, "Well." And then that happened at Detroit, and I'm like, "What the hell am I going to do with my life?" So my only thing would be like, "Listen, your education is most important because you have to be a professional in something else for thirty plus yeah. years." Like, and it's going to suck. It's going to suck. It's going to. Don't worry. Don't worry. Work usually isn't the best thing in the world. I find that I love my job because I work for the university that yeah. I love no, so much. I mean, <laughs> it can be great. <laughs> it can be hey, great. Even right. even work work just like football. Sometimes even if it's great, it sucks. Listen, like, your best. Oh my god, your best job. You like this is the best job I've ever had, and there's so much stuff that's still tough. Every yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. every day. It's a grind. I get it. And football is a grind. It's the best thing I've ever done. But you're like at five o'clock in the morning going to the stadium and it's minus one Scooter degree. Scooter doesn't start. Scooter's you're right, like, like, got to start running. And, and literally, you, you're, I didn't think like, man, I'm so happy to be here right now. Like, <laughs> It's dark out. It's freezing. And I'm running to the stadium. I love it this pain. <laughs> it wasn't my, yeah, I wasn't like, wow, man, thanks, Coach Alvarez. I'm so happy to be here. It was, you know, MF this place. I hate it right now. Okay. <laughs> They just want to torture us. I hate these coaches. Why is the stadium so far away from the towers? I don't get it. Why can't they have a bus? Dude, they should have. I just, do you remember the one morning? Dude, there was a lot of mornings, but our freshman year, when it had snowed so much. Yes. And everybody had two feet on the ground. And it was like, it was like a pack of like 30. You got the entire row, but guys were dropping out. And Along when you fell, way. it didn't hurt because there was so much snow on the ground that you just fell into like a pillow. It, I've never crashed. Like I've crashed my scooter a bunch of times only in the snow and only falling like into the snow. Uh, <laughs> just man, oh, what a good man. place. You see great oh. memories, but I'm not like, you know, who do we have? We had Mike Eccles on talking about um, the seminary and has his freshman year. And he's like, I hated my life. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. There was video games in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they're going to let us go to a movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. You had to be back at like nine o'clock or ten o'clock or whatever. They let you out back at like four o'clock. Three. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh man, wait, Clint. So I, I know we're, we're we're hitting our time, and I absolutely love you. What what are you hearing from like just other coaches, high school coaches, kids out there? You know, are you are you hearing like Wisconsin is super enticing now, and it's like one of the more like top 20 places people are talking about is top 50. Like what, what in your experience, like what are you hearing about Wisconsin and like our just, I don't know, our energy right now? Yeah. I mean, you do hear about the energy. It's not necessarily, Oh, Wisconsin has moved into this. I think there's an appeal to it, uh, but I deal with so many colleges. So like, you know, I, the history was Wisconsin and, you know, I know you guys very well and I have friends in the program and I grew up around it. Um, but I just deal with so much. And like, you know, just like I do this, I do this with other teams. So like each time you're in that kind of sphere of talking about a team. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you do hear things. So like, you know, if I'm interviewing a kid and it's like, okay, your latest offer is Wisconsin. What stands out about them? Like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's gung ho awesome, but I hear about a lot of teams too. So it's hard for me to kind of gauge that thermometer, I guess. Um, but I do think at the same time, if you all of a sudden put your lens on Wisconsin and you say, okay, is this a, a program to be excited about? Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of excitement. And for some kids who didn't consider Wisconsin, weren't recruited by Wisconsin before, this might just be how they view Wisconsin. Like this is how Wisconsin is. So like this might not be uh, new to them unless they do some research and that sort of thing. Now, somebody who's, you know, been recruited by both staffs, they might be like, okay, this is exciting. Maybe they aren't. I don't know. But I do think overall, when you look at it from a national poll, national appeal, I do think Wisconsin is being talked about more. You've had change. You've had a coach come in that's, you know, a, a winning coach. And I think it really gets amplified when you know the program inside and out. So it does seem kind of just so far off from what you've grown to expect over the years. Uh, I think kind of just Wisconsin's going into the new normal. And uh, I hate saying that, <laughs> like, but like, you know, the, the post COVID, like things are different now. And I think, yeah, for, for the younger kids, they're not going to notice change is exciting for people outside the program. Not always so sure. exciting for those who are part of it. And I do think that you're just kind of seeing like a rebranding of a program right now under new leadership, like you do kind of like what you were saying with the CEOs earlier, you yeah. know, uh, there's a change of guard. It can still be like, you know, Goodyear, if there's a new owner of Goodyear, they're not all of a sudden, you know, we're not selling tires anymore. We're going into ice cream. Like it just doesn't happen. You're sure. still Wisconsin football. There's still a history behind it. You're still playing in the same stadium. You've got the same fans. You might get some new fans. You might lose a couple along the way. But at the end of the day, winning promotes winning, and people want to be part of a program that wins and is doing things that are exciting, that attracts new fans. You're going to have your old school people who are like, this is not the Wisconsin way. That's fine. You're going to have people who are like, I liked Michigan before, but now I like Wisconsin. And these are people who grew up in Madison. So you're going to see a lot of you know, there's going to be change. Change is not always easy. Kids didn't ask for change. Fans didn't always ask for change. But at the end of the day, change happened for a reason. And, uh, you know, if you complain about things and you want to do them the same way over and over, I think that's where you get yourself into trouble. So Wisconsin people, have, they ask for change. Okay. Not everybody, but <laughs> the loud ones did and the ones with the money did. And so you get your change. 
So now this is what you get. And so it can still be Wisconsin, though. I think a lot of people ask for change. I think even the people who were like, you know, I want to do it the Wisconsin way, but we have to do better. That yeah. you're asking for change. I mean, to me, that's asking for change. Like, um, you, I would say ninety percent of the people I've spoken to are like, we cannot do this year in and no year question. out. And um, and I, I think Coach Mack made a huge decision, like one of the biggest decisions I think I've ever. Now I'm not even around it. I, one of the biggest Holy. decisions like I've cared about more than anything. And, um, you know, right now all signs point to it being the 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 right decision. You know, listen, no one knows what Jimmy was going to bring to the table because he didn't. He's never done it before. Do I think he could have done this? I do. Yeah. A lot of people say no. But at the same time, what Coach Fickle's doing with getting the guys he wants in there, the offense he wants to run, the defense he wants to run, the guys from the transfer portal that he knows can play football, and then recruiting and hitting that hard, bringing his recruiting staff, bringing over the weight training staff, I mean, the dude, he really has done an overhaul, but we've asked for that. And I yep. think people are excited because we asked for it. And if you thought the change was going to be Coach Chris to Jimmy, I would have been extremely happy. I would have been completely happy mm-hmm. with that. Now we have like this complete offshoot. I don't know if that's the right word, but offshoot that is blowing up. It's change energetic. Guard. Change of guard. It's energetic. It's It's got, to me, it's got... Guys talking about it. Um, people are pumped. I think after uh, after I, I'll go on Twitter at four o'clock or four o one and see three other guys committed today. Like you don't know what's going to happen. Like you just don't know. Every day is literally great. Matt Perkins is looking like me. He might have another name that happened recently. No, I'm just yelling at my dogs. Oh, nothing happened in the last hour. He was getting ready to yell at us. He's like, "You guys, shut up." Yeah. <laughs> no, not. So not I, in the I mean, that's a little long winded, but. Yeah, I was not in the past uh, hour. We haven't gotten anyone yet. It's a it, but, ago, check yeah. again in another hour. But here's the thing. Now I expect it to happen every hour. And <laughs> if it doesn't happen, there's what's only going so on? many spots. Are these guys just chilling now? Like they don't know. Now you're gonna be pissed if CJ Williams doesn't come. We're like, these sucks. <laughs> Dude, Better if come. we get that guy, then then we're competing for uh the Big Ten champ. I mean, you got now look tell me how we're not. We got Wide uh, receivers, we already have good there's guys. No depth on the interior of the defensive line. Yo, we're gonna score 50 points next year. We have a quarterback. Well, what happened we, to Manny Mullins from Lake Erie Junior College? I mean, don't uh, get me wrong. Barter, he's a flexible guy, but he's 250. And like they like they 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 don't have like yeah. the closest thing they have to a true nose is Geo, uh, who's been you know, hasn't really seen the the field much in three years there, there's not a without Keanu Benton there is not a lot there on the interior defensive line that's why I think they're still trying to go yeah. hard after Jamel Howard uh from the actual high school class of 2023 yeah. as well as you know those big thick defensive tackles are the most precious commodity in yeah in the and they're portal. and maybe they're not a dime a dozen of, like no that's the thing they are the hardest it happens every single year every year every year so that is it's almost I, like quarterbacks. I, I, and like, you know, it's going to happen. I don't know why the teams don't go on them a little earlier. Um, so, yeah. Sorry. I don't know either. I cut what? you off. Show's no, over. What? No. It's, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> you cut off Matt Perkins. Show's over. No, it's, well, it <laughs> Bernie and Clint still talking by themselves. <laughs> have no clue that it's been over for a half an hour. 
It's like Clint, uh, Bernie, we stopped recording like a half an hour ago. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> oh, I just... Uh, you guys well know that I'm way too OCD to stop a show without having a proper outro. It, also true. Hey, listen, I would bet that we're going to get a guy... I'll, I'll bet online that we're going to get a guy within the next 24 hours. Like, it just hasn't stopped. Like, it... Tell me how we're gonna get a guy. We're gonna get um Williams. Watch, it's gonna happen. I'll bet. Is I bet you a couple right tower beers that uh <laughs> I'll bet you a beer at Wando's that we what get that, this couple, guy with a couple cases of, of Coors Light or uh, whatever. Uh, Coors Lights were a available. little bit above our pay grade back in the day. Bush latte. <laughs> uh dude, I love the bush latte. Red dog. <laughs> oh, not the red dog. That that puts you in a different place very quickly. Yeah, it does. Uh, Bush latte, Bush lights are delicious. Natty light, like I'm all for that. Natty life. light, that's what it was. Yes. Oh, yeah. But it, uh, Tony Pichotti used to say, "Quantity, not quality." Mike sounds perfect. I'm sure, as a, a state trooper, they would uh, <laughs> they would love to know that. <laughs> Dude, he's so jacked now. So jacked, dude. It's so jacked. It's oh like he gosh, just works he out. Hasn't and, touched a natty light in years. I, I know. I still think he drinks a couple beers, but I—I I mean, listen. You when you're a cop, like you can't just go out and get like wasted. Like you got to yeah, be like, like, like really. Yeah, I've, I've worked in ten hours. So yeah, I better you got a police society. You can't just become like a degenerate part of society, <laughs> like me. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> you're a, you're a, you're a great member of society. I'm an outstanding member. I'm on the yes, condo board of my condo. Uh, they wouldn't let me be on my. I think they just needed somebody, to, and I'm like, I'll be that guy. They needed a leader with a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it happened. My wife's like, whatever you do, don't do this. And the first thing I did when I got here was like, I joined. Um, no, I was and- going to do mine too, and then I was like, I don't even have time for that. I've been. I keep saying like we come up with these ridiculous things to enforce on people who like just enforce on people, and I'm like maybe they'll vote me out finally. Like we have a board meeting coming up in February, and I'm like I could be voted out. This is great news. You see, like uh, one of those like election signs. They're like no to Bernie in 2023. Yeah. No, we want no to no neck. That's what we want. Perkins oh. like all right, guys. This is derailed. Um, <laughs> all right, Perko, hit us How with the talking out- about <laughs> Did anyone? Re- did we probably got a recruit in that I mean, one minute. I don't know. All I know is I'm going to get I in am, trouble. I got to go. I'm not a fan <laughs> of my HOA. Oh, my HOA is terrible. I try to get it down every year. I will wrap it up here as we go further and further off the rails. <laughs> so I, I'm going to try to bring us all back here just a little bit. And say, uh, first of all, uh, Clint, we thank you as always for your time. Thanks because, for having me. Well, you're the man. And uh, sec, of course. And uh, second of all, you can check out me and Clint over on Badger Blitz TV. Uh, every every Friday, new episode is out talking Badger recruiting and all of that good stuff. Dropping some tape and some knowledge and in, in Clint's scouting brain. We always have a good time with that. So. Uh, make sure you are uh, checking out all of Clint's great work on Rivals.com at uh, uh, Rivals underscore Clint on all the social medias. Uh, and obviously, uh, we'll be back next week. We've got Jabri McFadden. We've got Taylor Amon, the record-setting pole vaulter and American Ninja Warrior champion. Uh, we've oh. got all sorts of dudes in the pipeline. So 
very exciting time here on Believe in Badgers. We appreciate your support everywhere on social media. And uh, until next time, I know Clint can't say it, but Bernie and I can say it on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Clint, you're the best, man. Thank you. Look at you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.